0: It is first up for Thursday, February the 2nd. It's Groundhog Day. We'll find out if Satani Phil will see his shadow or whatever nonsense they do over there in the United States. Can't really recall <laughs> cool. exactly, but uh, I'm Aaron Karolnik. That's Carlo Koliak. Tough night in Toronto sports. The Leafs lose 5-2 to the Bruins. and. I guess depending on how you (laughs) uh, assess the Toronto Raptors and what you want to see them do at the deadline, they lose to Utah, a team that, man, they just wrapped up a ton of threes, as you'd expect against the Toronto Raptors, and no interior defense from the Raps. Uh, They lose again, moving to 2-3 and on the trip. And, Coco, I know last night you were in the TSN studios, the Pidara game with 19,000 strong
1: at the Saddle Dome. Wasn't that Um... something? Hey, it was worth the price of admission, that's for sure, because uh, he, he gave fans everything they wanted to see. Uh, you know, the best thing about doing uh, being you know a TSN analyst, being a hockey analyst, working and doing live hockey games is when you build a story for a game, and the actual story you build actually, actually ends up being the story of the game. It makes the job so much fun. And obviously, yesterday with the CHL and TSN, Regina and Calgary, it was the Connor Bedard show that rolled into Calgary. And this kid has been the, the focal point of hockey. I mean, since the World Juniors, every junior rink that he's played in has been sold out. There are people across Canada that are buying tickets to watch this kid play. And yesterday... He was worth every penny that you paid because he opened up to scoring with an unbelievable goal. Just a he he's, Most of us thought he scored to tie the game. It was a goal that trickled over the line. They ended up crediting it to somebody else, but regardless, he had a major factor in the tying goal, and it goes to shootout, and he does what he does. He scores. He scores the game winner in the shootout to um, leave the fans with... Two goals, an assist, a win, and the the price of of a, of, of the admission. Because yeah, it was incredible. Thirty five game, thirty five like game point streak. Unbelievable. I, yeah, extended a thirty five game point streak. I went to bed at two in the morning, and it would today I'd feel a lot worse if it was um, a dud of a game. But I went to bed thinking to myself, you know what? I've heard a lot about this kid over the last two years. We got to see him play at the highest level at the World Juniors, dominate at, at, at that stage, and leave yourself saying "Wow." And yesterday on a Wednesday night, he wowed me again. It was incredible, absolutely yeah, it's, incredible. It's it's every time, man. It's,
0: it really is every time. And you saw some of the resale value for the tickets in Calgary to, oh, for yeah. people want to see Bedard. Right, I mean. Listen, they've got Huberto and they've got Cadre and whoever else on the Flames. Nobody cares about them. It's all about the Connor yeah. when he rolls into town. And like, I saw some seats like, oh, three thousand dollars to against the glass. It was insane. And know, yeah, and, and those are always deceiving because you don't know if like you can list. I could go buy a ticket yeah. to you post the Toronto Rock you game, no disrespect to them, and list it for ten grand and be like, <laughs> oh my god, like so it doesn't really matter, but. It's uh, it's all a matter of if anyone actually bought it, and no one was doing that. But yeah, more than I think sixteen thousand, seventeen thousand people ended up showing up for that. Seventeen
1: thousand, just under seventeen thousand five hundred, and they said it was close to a sellout. Which I just go with the whole sellout thing because you know we 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 were updated as to all the ranks that he's been in, and it's been sold out everywhere he's gone, and. You know, last night in particular, because it was a TSN game, because it was that type of crowd, like these junior players that play in that game will probably, some of them will never probably ever play in front of that type of crowd ever again in their careers. And you you think about how, you know, that game, how much that game meant for a lot of the players in that game as well. And, you know, it was 6-5 the game. And, you know, they, they played hard, everybody played hard in that game, but... I think if there's one takeaway that you know a lot of people that watch hockey, a lot of people that are scouting Bedard should take notice out of that game, especially all the stuff that we just highlighted is if you're a team that's tanking, you should understand the impact that this kid is going to have coming to your team be it in Canada, if a team like Vancouver wins the lottery or you know Montreal wins the lottery, hope they don't. Whoever it is, the impact that this guy is leaving on the game of hockey right now, not just with what he's doing on the ice, but what he's doing in the stands with the fans that are packing the stadiums, I wonder how much harder we're going to see teams go full tank right now coming out of the All-Star break.
0: Yeah, maybe Arizona could sell out their five thousand seat arena. It's possible <laughs> with Connor Bedard. Who Who knows? Who knows? Right. I wouldn't rule anything out Please with regards to what what he, what, what he could do. But as far as last night in Toronto, Scotiabank Arena, you had the Boston Bruins in town, team that lost three games in a row heading into the game against the Maple Leafs, the final game before the All Star break. I'm certain that everybody is down south in some tropical tropical location at this point in time. And I was uncertain what we were going to get in this game because of that factor, how, I mean, this this is it. This is the final game before the All-Star break. Nine days off for the Leafs, but it was a great game. It was a really spirited affair, and we saw Wayne Simmons beat the crap out of A.J. Greer. My goodness, why does anybody fight Wayne Simmons? It's so confusing to me. Don't fight Wayne Simmons if you want to keep your teeth, people. That would be my number one advice for anyone, but as far as what we saw from the Maple Leafs, I thought they played, they did lose 5-2 to Boston. They played a game that I I thought it was very much in line with what Boston um, did at, at their best. It was just a, a goaltending duel that the Leafs lost. I thought Samsonov gave up a number of bad goals last night, and yeah, he wasn't his best. I, no, no, he was he was terrible last night. He made some great saves early on, but I mean the third period I and mean, late in the second, there were a couple goals that simply he would want back, and that's no indictment on Ilya Samsonov. But there are a lot of people, Coco, this morning, are talking about the Leafs being soft and not being. Um, the physical presence on the back end. I think two names come to mind, and Craig Simpson in the broadcast referenced it in the third period multiple times. Lilligren and Sandine. And they had they had, a, they had a really bad night of their own. I mean, Pavel Zaka and that line just ate them up on a number of occasions. But, I mean, I, I don't think you could use one game as a referendum on whether or not Lilligren and Sandine are going to be tough enough come postseason time. I mean, in previous games against Boston this year, they've had really good games. I, I think you just kind of... Look at last night as a bad goaltending performance, bad bad performance from Sandin and Lilligren, and not overreact. However, this is Leafs Nation we're talking about, yeah. so that will not be the case.
1: Well, you're you're speaking exactly the way my Maple Leaf group chat was speaking last night, and i I was in the middle of the game, and I'm watching the game, you know, uh, on the side TV, and the one thing that I just kept, you know, um, bringing up with my group is guys don't put a lot of energy into last night's game and I know it's a game it's a game that everybody still has to suit up and play but you know even Sheldon Keith joked about it pregame saying that you know a lot of the players probably have their wives have their suitcases packed you know flights booked everything ready to go for their vacation the 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 mindset of a lot of players yesterday was probably not where it needed to be, even though it ended up being a good game. But I wouldn't put too much energy into the game that we watched last night. I know that it's still a result. It's still a loss that we still have to dissect. And yeah, you know what? Little Grin and Sandine didn't have their best game, and Boston had one of their best games. They did what... Boston showed you exactly who they are. They're a team that can play any way you want, and when you want to turn up the dial and you want to get a little bit more physical and you want to be at win puck battles, they got guys that are willing to go and take that that play at that next level. But this whole Sandin and Lilligren talk, like clearly this these are these are two players that are going to be integral pieces of this team's future, and. I believe you cannot go another playoff series and not have these guys play in that playoff series. Um look you you're not gonna have the perfect player, you're never gonna have the perfect lineup. I think games like this at this time of the year are good learning lessons for these kids because and and the, the learning lessons are playing as bad as they did. And being out muscled on pucks because now they go on an extended break. They have that freshly engraved into their minds. They come out of that break and they're gonna have to sit down with the coaches and they're gonna watch their video of that game and they're gonna say to themselves, Okay, next time I play these guys, I can't play like this. And you better you're you're better off to have that now than in the playoff series. So I don't worry about guys like Sandy and I think these guys have taken massive leaps um, in a positive way for this organization. And I fully expect both of these guys to be big contributors come playoff time for the Maple Leafs. There's no doubt. They've had great seasons.
0: Great seasons. And I think both have really grown as NHL defensemen this year. And are they built like Luke Shen or Vladislav Gavrikov? No, they're not. Those are big, hulking Defenseman that a lot of people around Toronto would love to see the Leafs acquire, and I'm not saying they won't do that. I think there's a very realistic possibility that the Leafs do bring in a big, tough, physical defenseman to add depth to this D- this decor. I think that's probably something they should do, but. Is that big physical defenseman going to replace one of Rasmus Sandin or Timothy Lilligren or be the seventh defenseman or maybe replace somebody else in the lineup? I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. I would just like to caution people, and I'm seeing on our text line, 105050, 50, the Leafs absolutely need a Tyler Myers, Luke Shen, Lawson Krauss. They have no bite at all. Um, the, the reality is this team is not a playoff team. As great as Sandin and Lilligren have been, no one thinks twice about going in there, and they got exposed. They're, they're, the Maple Leafs are on pace for 110 points. They're, they're doing just fine. They're doing just fine. And I think we need to caution people. Sandine Lilligren had a tough night. Samsonov had a tough night. Let's not overreact to one game against one of the best teams in NHL history in February. The last in game February. before an
1: extended All-Star break. Yeah.
0: And again... You look at the three games the Leafs have played against the Bruins this year before last night, or I guess including last night. Yeah, that was a 5-2 loss last night, but each and every game this year has been extremely close, again, against the team that was the fastest in the history of this league to get to 80 yeah. points. So yeah. it's a hell of a hockey team. Boston showed last night why they're so good. I thought Linus Allmark had a pretty good night, and I think uh, it's funny how Bergeron and Pasternak and, and, and Brad Marchand, who was a big story pregame, Really were irrelevant last night, mm. and it was the second line with Zaka, and the defense was racking up the points. Um, I don't think there's, uh, and also a, a texter pointing out no Austin Matthews last night with his, right. which is definitely a pertinent part of this conversation. So uh, there's a lot to like about what the Leafs are pre All Star break. There's going to be a lot to like post All Star break. Leafs fans don't let one loss against the best team in the NHL sully it when you're, especially when you're playing without your best player. And looking ahead to, uh, to but the it's saying group. that,
1: AK. I mean, if you're management and you're the coaches and you watch this game, you know you're you're at a midpoint of the season here, where all we complain about is you got nothing to play for. But you know, maybe this, maybe you take some good away from this game and say to yourself, okay, maybe we need to look for a certain type of player if we're going to make an addition. And maybe, and and if if that's the information that you come, that you take away from this game. Hopefully there's something done about it.
0: I hope so. I hope so. It's going to be an interesting an interesting decision that the Leafs have coming up. We're less than a month of the trade deadline now, or it's a little bit more than a month. What's today? February the 2nd. The trade deadline is March the 9th, so just over a month. So you're talking about just five weeks or so. And yep. A lot of decisions to be made, not only with the Leafs. I'm sure Boston will be making moves and all the top teams yeah. in the Eastern Conference. So uh, We are at the All-Star break. It's coming up this weekend Is the All-Star game. Um, I I could lie and say I'm looking forward to it, but that would just be a complete and utter, um, um, you know, no, I, be I think, n- n- not, not truthful. But in any case, it's coming up. I and think, I'll probably tune in for something.
1: Yeah, I think saying you're looking forward to it would be false advertising. I no think the, pro- the, the appropriate uh, feeling would be saying, you know what, I'm curious to see what this weekend's going to be at the All-Star Game. (laughs) There's some cool stuff going on. There is some cool stuff going on. That is true. That is true. So uh, we'll
0: get to that. Uh, The Raptors, again, they lose to the Utah Jazz. Uh, Not the finest performance from the Raps defensively, but Fred Van Vliet, his second career triple-double. We'll talk about some of the big news in the NFL yesterday. Garoppolo not expected to return to San Francisco, and it sounds like the Chicago Bears will keep Fields and maybe use the number one overall pick or trade it. We'll get to that with Ed Werder at 8.30. We'll talk to Mike Johnson at 7.45, our hockey analyst. And James Dutty makes his triumphant return to first up around 8.10. We continue here on this Thursday morning in southern Ontario. You're listening to TSN 1050. First up continues here on TSN 1050. Coco, both you and I have been watching a ton of CTV lately with the NFL playoffs and just everything that's been going on in the world of sports. A lot of broadcasts on CTV. Has anybody ever watched The Good Doctor before? I I have not
1: watched the full episode. Do you know anyone?
0: Do you know anyone who has ever watched it? And I'm not trying to... You Know, be negative about some of our fine content, fine programming here on CTV. Of course, a part of our company here at Bell Media, TSN, under that same umbrella. But I don't know a single person who's ever watched The Good Doctor. Text us 105050 if you have. And I've never seen a show advertised as heavily. <laughs> it's like literally every single commercial break, oh, The Good Doctor. We like, what? Oh, my God, a serious illness. How is this man going to cure it? Also, some love stories involved as well. I don't know what the hell the deal is with The Good Doctor. Is it modern-day Sopranos? I don't know, The Wire? Like, is it that good? I don't know. But text us 105050 if we should be checking it out. But I have been watching a lot of TV lately. Because, uh, you know, kind of the sports calendar is winding down. Of course, the Leafs are in the All-Star break. The Raptors play on the West Coast, so I can't watch that until late at night. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of shows right now. It's called, one called The Last of Us on HBO. My goodness, what a program really? that is. Oh, ho, ho, ho. And another with, called Your Honor with Bryan Cranston, who I know you're a huge fan yeah, of. Yeah,
1: you asked me about
0: that the other day. Oh, these these two shows are just uh, exceptional, and maybe The Good Doctor is in that is in that realm, and we need to be checking that out. But yeah, those yeah. are some two those are two programs that are Chef's Kiss right there. Nice, chef's all right. Kiss. I I I wrote
1: You've those. You've got down. some work to do. You've got um, some work to do. You know what? I, I I hear you, man. Like we've been so invested into watching sports, you know, all year and for for you know it's part of part of our job requirement. And you know, with the All Star Weekend coming up and the Raptors being on the West Coast, I I, you know I actually said to my wife last week because you know last week it was kind of there was a couple nights there yeah you know even with the light schedule with the Leafs not playing on Tuesdays or Thursdays because they had the Monday Wednesday Friday schedule, I threw it out there. I'm like, hey, you want to get back into watching a TV show like? And obviously, you know, with the kids putting, she's kids like, in "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> have a <nice> and, night. <laughs> and on and on those nights too, like I don't want to stay up late. And you know how watching those TV shows are. It's like the you're binge. watching an episode, and you're like, "Oh man, do we have time for one more?" One yeah. More next thing you know, you're up at <laughs> two in the morning because you can't stop watching it. It's true. And uh, so, yeah, I haven't really found one yet. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe tonight. You know, being a Thursday night with. No raptors, no leafs. Maybe tonight's the night to dig into one. And actually people are texting in um about the uh the good doctor.
0: Mm-hmm. And can be gory at times. Yeah, a lot of but a lot of people are interested in the good doctor. Apparently uh yeah. Webster from Coburg, his wife loves it. And again, I, I don't know. I just see so many advertisements for it. Can we not take some ad dollars from somebody else? <laughs> Except <laughs> the good doctor's producers. In any case, probably shouldn't be uh, yeah. talking trash about our uh, our parent company here. It's not well. We're not really doing that. I mean, we're poking fun at uh, something that I mean, like everybody's noticed, right? Well, it's the I, good. It's the good doctor and Ozempic. Those are the only ads we run right. on, on See, TV. See everywhere
1: on there. Oh, yeah. what is
0: Ozempic, people? Nobody yeah. knows. You got to Google Ask your it. Doctor. Ask your doctor. Ask, Ask your doctor. doctor. It's yes. brilliant advertising. Brilliant advertising. Maybe the NHL should employ. The people who run Ozempic and their advertising to promote their sport. Because I was just going to say that, you know, because
1: there all was this talk the, about TV shows, this is what people yeah. are, are are choosing over watching hockey right now. Well, so there's the story yesterday. I think it was
0: Austin Carp, who's a media reporter in the U.S. That ratings are down 22 percent year over year in the NHL on ESPN and TNT. And we should add the caveat that there are a number of factors that relate to this drop in ratings and i think number one espn is putting hockey as counter programming to sunday night football that was seven instances this year that didn't exist last year so obviously if you're going head to head with sunday night football you're not going to win also there's a bunch of blackouts in big markets in the states like in boston and pittsburgh and new york that attribute in Colorado that attribute to the drop on TNT. So that would be at least partially the reason. So 22% probably not nearly as bad as it looks. But I think we can all agree, and I thought you did a great job pointing out a number of the flaws in with what's going on with the NHL these days. And, and there's a lot of reasons why maybe the TV numbers aren't dropping, but I know for a fact, just speaking to my friends, and maybe it's a little anecdotal, Yep. There's a la- There's a lack of interest in, in, in what's going on. In, in Toronto, and sure, the playoffs, when that comes Different around, animal. everybody will be dialed in, everyone will be watching and absorbing every single piece of information that they can find. But I think you laid it out really well. You got a ton of response on your tweet yesterday about yeah. this ratings drop, which I don't think is necessarily true, that the number is deceiving. But I don't think... I think everybody who's a hockey fan would agree that this league has a long way to go to catch up to its counterparts in
1: the Big Four sports. Look, part of the evolution of sports, the way people want to watch is they want to be entertained. And they want their passion for the team that they follow to have the same excitement throughout the whole season. And look, I grew up in the game of hockey, and I'll be the first one to admit it. Hockey has lost that. You go talk to almost every fan base today. You do a poll out there today, and you ask every fan base if they're excited to watch hockey today, and I bet you close to 70% of them would say no, because the things that I pointed out uh, yesterday is what hockey is missing. One, the game has changed, okay? That's, That's completely evident, is... The way Americans love watching sports is they love watching hits. They love watching fights. They love watching a toughness to the game, which is why the NFL dominates the sport. Even though they've done a million things to make that sport a lot more enjoyable to watch. I mean... They've 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 made the quarterbacks be the the focal point of the of the sport. You know you can't they they've protected the quarterbacks yep, so much. They yep. they they you know fantasy football has has a lot of implications. gambling and gambling fans. has a lot. but the reason why that has a lot of excitement around it is because they have created a game that creates a lot of scoring excitement. But they haven't lost the physicality part to it. Have they made the game safer with the physicality? Yes. And ultimately, I think. A lot of people agree with that because of how much focus there is on concussions. But coming back to hockey, there isn't that same excitement. I, I think the one thing that has made the game excitement is that no lead is safe. And with, with how much skill that there is in this game, we're seeing teams come back from unprecedented uh, deficits. Two goals, three goals, four goals. And the reason is power plays, you know, the, the penalties that are called, the skill that's in the game. But let's be honest, they built this structure of NHL hockey because they wanted to ignite rivalries. Rivalries don't exist anymore. You can't force-feed a rivalry by putting teams that you want to play more often than not, that don't really care to play each other more often than not, because there isn't that spirited emotion where guys go out and... You know, they're doing the the Hanson brothers chuckle on the wall, getting themselves ready for the for the <laughs> games because they're prepared to go to battle and they're prepared to leave the game with blood on their face and blood on their hands. There isn't that rivalry that exists anymore, and, and nobody cares about that. If anything, I actually think people embrace fresh blood, and so that's what the the, the league is missing. There's no storylines, you know, and, and middle of a week, you, you you try to hype up a game. But there's no storylines. If anything, the league needs more Brad Marchands. Cuz what he did yesterday, oh, that's for sure. What he did yesterday to create a storyline in a game that, you know, probably most people would say yeah, between the two best teams in the league, but he created something based on the things that he said. There's more buzz around talk of trades than actual trades, and that kills every bit of excitement with the fan bases. Cuz what drives fan bases attention and excitement is knowing that If their team is bad, they're going to make trades. If their team is good, they're still going to make trades. If the league is just stuck on a bad night, they're going to make trades. That's what keeps people engaged. I mean, people make fun of me because I say too many math equations, and they think I'm taking a shot at the analytics department. You can say what you want, and maybe analytics does play a part in the game, but those are stats that can give you more information about the game. When I say math equations, I'm talking about the salary cap. You have you know, more yeah. people that know nothing about the salary cap that all they do is talk about the salary cap because the game forces you to talk about the salary cap. And the worst thing of all is their playoff format. There, there's a
0: long list. No, there's a long list, and you mentioned the salary cap. For every single move that is discussed, hey, we can make this trade or we can make this signing, the next point after that comment or that debate is, well does it fit under the salary cap? Can we make that work? Is there salary? The fact that we have to discuss double salary retention Retention. possibility on trades is brutal. And I think that really does a disservice to its fans. But I think what it boils down to the most and, and here in Canada, hockey is always going to be King. And maybe you can make an argument for the Raptors at points in time over the last couple of years. But there's no doubt that, in the U.S., the lack of fighting is is a major problem. I mean, I think yeah. it's going to continue to be because you go and see, and I'm, I speak from experience, go down to Florida, you see a Panthers game. When people see fights, they go crazy. They love it. They love it. And it's not and just that's the fighting. That's it's the physicality, too. The sure, big hits. You know, there's not a lot of Scott Stevens patrolling the blue lines uh, and NHL rinks anymore, and whether you like that or you don't, there's a lot of people south of the border who do, and that's going to reflect in the right. lack of in the lack of interest or um, in the interest in the sport going forward. So lots to get into. We'll ask Mike Johnson his thoughts on that, how the NHL can pump up its product
1: and promote it you know, a little bit and, better. And, and I think a lot of the Brad Marchand. I think he's a prime example. A lot of the responses, AK, that people have pet peeves with blackouts, and I don't know how the yeah. NHL fl- plans to address that. But we live in 2023 right now you mean to tell me there's not a way we can eliminate blackouts in your sports so more people can watch everywhere across the world? Like, come on. Buzz TV. Buzz TV. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's
0: ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sure we can figure out a way. There's there's no doubt about that. And when that. a game is supposed to start at
1: 7 o'clock, make it start at 7 o'clock, not 7.20. 7.07?
0: You don't let the 7.07 puck drop? Jesus. Producer Cheese joins us on the other side for Great Take or Mistake. Again, Mike Johnson, James the Ed Werder coming up as well. And it's our final day of our Waste Management Open Contest. Ooh, the nice. final keyword, your last opportunity to qualify for that massive grand prize, a trip to Arizona for the Waste Management. I guess that's next weekend. Wow, really coming up quickly. First up continues, Hour 1. We'll be back after this. We are giving away a pair of Raptors tickets. Listen to each hour of the First Up podcast for a clue to the identity of a former or current Raptors player. Once you have all the clues and you know the identity of the player, you'll have until the end of the day to enter at tsn1050.ca for your chance to win the tickets. Here is your clue. Our first clue for the reveal that Raptor contest. This mystery Toronto Raptor has played for 5 different teams in his NBA career.
1: Beautiful mistakes. I'm against my head.
0: We're giving away Raptors tickets in the First Up podcast today. Make sure to subscribe to our pod, whatever podcasts are found, and you'll hear little clues about the identity of a mystery Toronto Raptor. If you could piece them together, go to tsn1050.ca and enter the name that you figure and ascertain the... Whoever it is, I don't know. It's, I, don't, I, don't, I can't even remember who it is. We taped this yesterday. <laughs> but, <laughs> reveal that uh, you, you win
1: Raptors tickets. Yeah,
0: reveal that well, Raptor. you're not supposed to know uh, who, who it
1: is. You're not supposed to.
2: No,
0: I'm, I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me. I can't recall who the Mystery oh. Raptor was. But in any case, in any case, there's a lot of things to keep track of here on uh, on First Off. The, the name of the Mystery Raptor is... Probably, probably Hakeem something Olajuwon. You recall, I, but. I, that was my. Oh, guess, actually, right I do right remember. There. I do remember who it is now. I do yeah. remember it is now. It could be it's okay. someone in a similar realm of Hakeem Olajuwon. I'll okay. Put it that way. There's your fifth clue for reveal that raptor. So check out the podcast throughout the day. It's time to welcome in our producer Cheese. He's got some good stuff for us. This is great. Take or mistake. Let's hear what he has cooking. What's up, Cheese?
2: Not too much. Always happy to be with you boys. Let's start with the Maple Leafs. The least loss to the Bruins last night proves that they need to go out and make a significant trade ahead of the NHL trade deadline.
1: I think this is a mistake. I mean, like, people want to overreact over one game. I don't think, watching that game yesterday, that Kyle Dubas and management are... are you know, shaking in their boots right now, and they're about to push the panic button. I think you know we have a good sample size here of this Maple Leafs team at the All Star break, who they are, and what they're still missing. And I don't think that game yesterday is going to, you know, stray away, away the, the mindset of the the Toronto Maple Leafs going into the deadline. I'm almost certain they're still their primary focus is to add a top six forward. Um, If they can, they'll probably add a bottom six forward. And they're probably going to look to add a depth defenseman. But to think that they need to go and make a significant trade. Look, if Austin Matthews is not back before the end of the season, then yeah, that's a significant trade. But I, I think we all have to believe they're a good team. And if you add the right pieces instead of the significant pieces... I think that's that's the proper approach to take here for the Maple Leafs. So I'm not. I, I think this is a mistake approach. I think you're spot on. And there's
0: only a couple of guys that are available ahead of the deadline who would qualify as a significant trade. Like if the Leafs went out and got Timo Meyer or Ryan O'Reilly or Taves or Kane or Dylan Larkin or Alex DeBrinkett, sure those would all be significant trades. But they don't necessarily fit exactly what this team needs, which I think you laid out perfectly, Coco. they got to find ways to add multiple pieces. I think they will add a depth defenseman, whether it's Gavrikov or a Luke Shen. I'm not sure, but I think they will add somebody who can play for them, not necessarily in their top six, but at least has the ability to do so, keep in mind. If the Toronto Maple Leafs are able to achieve their goal, which is win the Stanley Cup, they'll need to get through four rounds. And my mm. guess is they probably aren't overly keen on seeing Connor Timmins playing against the Boston Bruins or the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I think there will be some depth additions on the back end, and, and I think that's exactly it. These are depth additions. And a significant trade I don't think necessarily is
1: what they should allocate their
0: assets for.
1: And I think it has been speculated that Leafs are not interested in trading their first-round pick. And well, of course that, they're going to say that, right? Well, no, I, mean, I, I, was, as like I said go, obviously, obviously yeah. things can change the closer you get to the deadline, and who's available for that asking price. So, if anything significant, I, I mean something significant is going to involve them, you know, parting ways with their first round pick. Anything other than that is just a quality move, I I would say, and hopefully it's a quality move that addresses some of the things that we just pointed out. So. Enjoy your vacation, everybody.
0: Yeah, I I would be surprised if the Leafs kept their first round pick. Honestly, they could say whatever they want, but when you're talking about teams like Boston and Carolina and Tampa and Colorado, like you don't think they're gonna trade? You're not gonna? They're gonna hold on to their first round pick? I I don't think so. I mean, you're talking about. I don't think the Tampa Leafs, has theirs. Well, I mean, uh, because whatever, they whatever, whatever draft the they had a haggle deal could, last year. Yeah. No, no, you're right. But but but, I, but I'm just saying. Like they, they will be willing to part with legitimate assets yeah, to for the right their piece. roster because yeah. for the right piece. And I think the Leafs will be in the same boat. Will that include Matthew Nice? That might be a little bit different of a situation, but I think the Leafs almost everything is on the table as it should be if the right addition emerges.
2: Let's go to the NFL. Tom Brady' his retirement was the big news yesterday, as our insider Carlo Coliacabo broke <laughs> ten minutes ahead of time. Uh, but the question is, uh, ta- or the take is, Tom Brady's career in totality is more impressive than Michael Jordan's.
1: Well, because of the way you phrased it, I'm going to say this is a great take because you said is more impressive than Michael Jordan's. Michael Jordan's, like you'll never take away. Six finals, six MVPs, six rings. But Tom Brady played for 23 years? Yep, 23 years. And he went to 10 Super Bowls. So half of his career, he was playing in the biggest game of the sport. And you just look at his career numbers, too. He's the leader in almost every offensive statistical category that exists for a quarterback. So... Yes, that is a great take because you said impressive career. That is an impressive stat. Seven Super Bowls. I don't think we'll ever see a guy in our lifetime win seven Super Bowls. I think you're probably right. There's too much
0: kind of a fickle nature to winning the Super Bowl and advancing in the postseason. You need certain bounces. I mean, yesterday was the anniversary of the interception uh, at the goal line with the Seahawks and the Patriots. That could have easily gone the other way. Malcolm Butler could have easily gone the other way for the Patriots. That would be a loss. I mean, 28-3. I mean, so many different things went the Patriots' way. I guess you could argue David Tyree and Mario Manningham didn't. But at the same time, in order to have playoff success in the NFL, you need to have things go your way. Look at Mahomes and the Chiefs this past weekend, right? I mean, if it wasn't for that unnecessary roughness penalty, we could be talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. In the yeah, Super it wasn't Bowl, wasn't for the referees
1: so, wearing Kansas City jerseys underneath <laughs> their uniforms. Either. That also
0: that also <laughs> factored it. But yeah, I, I I am in total agreement with you. I think Tom Brady's career in is more impressive than Michael Jordan's because of the longevity. Winning a Super yeah. Bowl at age forty three with a new team is is incredible. It, it really is incredible, and the fact well, that he was able to play at such a high level for so long. It is uh, a remarkable accomplishment.
1: Well, like it was laid out yesterday by Field Yates, you just look at his career each decade. This guy played in three decades, and his career numbers in each of those decades are career numbers for most people that play their full career. That's that's what's impressive about that. Yo, like he, this guy it, won two so Super Bowls many, so in his tests. 40s.
0: You know what else was wild in two thousand and eight when Brady tore his ACL, misses the last fifteen games of the season, comes back the next year, doesn't miss another game for the rest of right. his career. Like how right. crazy is that? And the the, the, the toughest the of quarterbacks kind of astounds me at sometimes, right? Like. Brett Favre, Eli Manning, Tom Brady, Philip Rivers—those guys just never miss games. And think about the hits that they take. Mm. Meanwhile, an NBA player can't play back-to-back nights. Oh no, soreness! No, no. Come on! Yeah. Oh, I have soreness. Severe I can't play back-to-back foot nights. Soreness is the, the, foot soreness severe. Foot soreness. Like yeah, some of the NFL the guys, James. the quarterbacks in particular are so tough. Yeah. So tough. And I think Tom Brady personified that. Some of the hits they take from monsters, literal mutants monsters, yeah. on a weekly basis. Uh, and the fact that you're able to get up and do it again next week, kudos to Tom Brady. Tough individual. We got time for one more, Cheese.
2: Well, one guy who was tough when he played was D'Amico Ryan. And I am saying that he has a better chance of playing out his entire contract with the Texans than Sean Payton does with the Broncos. Mm.
0: So D'Amico Ryan's, I think both signed six-year deals, correct? Payton Didn't was a six-year deal too. Yeah, six years, eighty-five million. I believe Holy for Sean Payton. Crap. None of that money, ma- None of that money matters. I mean, like whatever. The Walton, the Walmart family, they have unlimited money, so they could pay him a Jeez. trillion dollars. So I'm not sure it would really matter. Uh, does Demico Ryans have a better chance of playing at his contract with the Texans than Peyton does with the Broncos? I'd probably say Peyton has a better chance. I mean, the fact that they gave up all that draft capital to bring him in would lead me to believe it would be Sean Payton. But at the same time, he's got Russell Wilson. Demico Ryans is kind of building a, a blank from blank canvas in many respects with that draft pick that they have. And and they don't have much talent around Any in any position right now, so uh, I think Peyton is more likely to finish out that six-year
1: term than Demico Ryan's, but it's a it's a coin flip. So how old is Sean Payton right now? Do we have a say? Maybe fifty-ish. He's in his fifties or in his sixties. Oh no, he's definitely not in his sixties. I'd say like early fifties would be my guess. Okay. 59, okay, so he's... he's oh, he's is he 59? There. Okay, yeah. wow. He looks great for 59. Sean right. Payton's on so, the Tom Brady diet. Good for him. You're so, right, TB12. That'll work for you. Um, so, I I think D'Amico Ryan, this is a great take. I think he has a better chance that of playing his entire contract with the Texans than Payton does with the Broncos because D'Amico Ryan is going to have... Ryans. D'Amico Ryans. Ryan's. He's going to have like a two-, three-year grace period here with a young, oh, yeah. up-and-coming team. This is the year where they're going to start to build because of all the draft picks they've accumulated and you know some of the progression they saw with their young players in the past. They're probably going to draft a franchise quarterback. Sean Payton in Denver, the pressure to win with him is so much more significant than D'Amico Ryan's. And and a lot of Sean Payton's pressure is gonna be dependent on if if Russell Wilson can get back to being Russell Wilson. <laughs> and so like if if that doesn't work this year, think about the mess that the Denver Broncos have. No draft capital, no quarterback. I, I I don't even think he's going to want to live the, the or play out the extent of the six years. He's probably yeah, going to say, "You know what? You this know is what? Isn't well, what? I signed up for." I'm going me. back to the booth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I know.
0: I'll, I'll I'll take my money. You know, the eighty-five million over the six years—that's a pretty decent, uh, right. <laughs> A decent contract. So yeah. I don't know how it'll all play out. It's sort I think I things. think
1: Ryan's has a better chance to be to, to coach longer. In this
0: league, yeah. Well, I mean, that news about Justin Fields yesterday and how the Bears—and I mean, it's not overly surprising—that the Bears will keep Fields as their quarterback and not draft Bryce Young or Stroud or Will Levis, whoever it'll be. I mean, they, they could draft a defensive player. I
1: mean, Jalen right. Carter's out there. Will Anderson—they—they're not pass making that pick. Out of Alabama. There's no way the Chicago Bears are making that pick at number one, and here's why. They probably planted that seed yesterday, knowing that Tom Brady had just retired, because. Guess what the teams who thought they were in on Tom Brady are gonna look for now? A young franchise quarterback. So all that did for the Chicago Bears yesterday is just up the ante. Because we talked about it yesterday. Probably did, yeah. Look at the NFC South. Who the hell is gonna quarterback in that in that division? It's a heinous group of quarterbacks. (laughs) So now you got four teams in that division are looking for a franchise quarterback. You got the Vegas Raiders looking for a quarterback. Uh the Jets are probably looking for a quarterback. What does San Fran do with their quarterback position? There has been just so many more teams now that have opened up a quarterback position that has made that pick at number one way more expensive. So if you're the Bears, yeah, Justin and top Fittles ten is a guy, as a whole, right? Top ten as a whole. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's a Absolutely. lot of uh there's a lot of interest around quarterbacks, especially in that division. I mean, man, Kyle Trask is the only yeah. guy the Bucs have under, under contract. Right. You have Desmond Ritter, like who's on Carolina? I don't even know who well, they, they had, have as part of they they had, New uh, Orleans.
1: What's his name? Uh Darnold? Um,
0: Darnold, they had, they had Darnold and Mayfield this year. Right, but I mean, P.J. Walker, like, is that who you right. run out there? It's a, it's awful. It's really, really bad. We'll continue that conversation with Ed Werder at eight thirty again. M.J. and J.D. coming up as well, and we've got the first up scoreboard on the other side. A quiet night in the NHL, but a busy one in the NBA. We'll fill you in next. Just two games in the NHL last night. The Toronto Maple Leafs, their final game before their nine-day break between the All-Star game, All-Star break, and their bye week. They lose five-two to the Boston Bruins. We'll get into that game at the top of the hour. The Carolina Hurricanes, ooh, tough call from one Carlo Colia yeah, who saw it on his time. cover show. We heard it on, first up. Oh, the Sabers are a lock. Yeah, and they lose five-one. Tage Thompson got hurt in that game and. It doesn't That's sound overly good. Well, I mean, I wish that was the case. No. Well, the seven were straight down 3-0 nothing 10 minutes into that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uku Uku Pekka Lukonen. Tough pronunciation there. Did not have his best yeah. performance. And, yeah, Carolina, that team is a wagon.
1: They and go into the break just seven in a row, man.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. No, no. They are. I mean, they're right there with the Leafs and Tampa and, you know, Colorado eventually will get there as well. The best second-best team in the NHL in the mix for that. Boston, clearly the class of the NHL, and then you have a couple of teams like Carolina, like Toronto, like Tampa. Maybe New Jersey would be in that mix as well. Dallas Stars, I guess. I don't know, but um, yeah, Carolina, that team is nasty. Tough one for the Sabres, who probably would have loved to go into the break on a winning note, but that did not and happen. And in a playoff They're spot. Five to one. In a playoff spot, perhaps most importantly. The Toronto Raptors, far from a playoff spot. They lose one thirty one to one twenty eight last night to the Utah Jazz. Fred Van Vliet, thirty-four points, twelve rebounds, ten assists. He has been on fire of late. And guy loves playing Utah, eh?
1: Second triple double of the he season. Against Utah. Utah. That
0: that's yeah, he has been tearing up Utah for many years now. It's I don't know what it is about that. Um, That Mormon town that he enjoys so much, but uh, (laughs) shout out to Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, where Fred Van Vliet thrives. Walker Kessler, who was acquired in that Rudy Gobert trade, had 17, 14, and 7 blocks, 6 of which came in the first quarter. And it's a very, very common thing with the Raptors. A big man... Just crushes them, and we've seen yeah. it so many times over the last couple of months. Walker Kessler, the last in or the next in line here uh, last night for the Jazz over the Raptors. How about Atlanta? 132 to 100 over the Phoenix Suns, a team we just saw beat the Raptors a couple of nights ago. They look really good. I don't know what the hell happened to Phoenix last night, but they got crushed by the Atlanta Hawks. The Houston Rockets, who the Raptors play. On Friday evening, that's tomorrow. <laughs> Get your days correct, Aaron. Uh, they beat the OKC Thunder 112 106 at home, so they are readying for the Raptors tomorrow night. And how about Boston last night? Did you see the spanking they gave Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets? I did. 139 to 96 for the Celtics. Tatum with 31 points, nine boards, and he played only 29 minutes too. Man, wow. they just crushed.
1: Brooklyn. Take that, Kyrie. Yeah, and Take what about that. the Trailblazers? So, Man, Damian Lillard's been on a tear lately. I think he just came off a 60-point a performance last week. He, he put did. up 42 in Memphis against John Morant, who put up 32 himself last night in a winning effort. 122-112 for the Trailblazers. And I was listening to ESPN Radio on the way home last night, which was really late. It was like almost 1 o'clock in the morning. They were talking about how the Memphis Grizzlies, since John Morant basically called everybody in the Western Conference not good. Memphis has been like on a slump themselves and there people are in yeah, Memphis are wondering if, if he, you know, basically cursed <laughs> them and you know, Oh, the Morant curse. No. Yeah. So well, I mean, that'd be it an could interesting be. storyline could to follow. Be.
0: It most certainly will. We'll get back into the Raptors and what they could be facing. Again, only a couple more games before the trade deadline. It's actually one week today for the NBA and for the Raptors. A very significant day on the calendar for all basketball fans here in southern Ontario. We'll get back into the Leafs. Did Brad Marchand curse the Boston Bruins with all his trash talk at the pregame skate? No, most certainly not. But we'll let you hear what he had to say. We'll go through some of his comments. And debate the veracity of some of them, including all the Bruins taking less money, which, I mean, none of, it is, none of that was really true, aside from Patrice Bergeron. We'll get to that, and we also need to get into Michael Bunting going full LeBron James yesterday on the <laughs> bench for the Leafs. Man, was he pissed off about some missed calls. Well, at least he had blood that on his face more. doing
1: it. For LeBron.
0: <laughs> that is a very good point. Yeah. LeBron had some blood on his wrist from Jason Tatum scraping it. Yeah. Uh, Michael Bunting was irate on the bench and, and rightfully so. We'll get to that and what happened
1: last night in the lease game we'll hear from Sheldon Keep as well. Hour two, first up, next.